Do you not come here for the, yeah, the political intrigue slash clunky run-on sentences? And... Right. In other words, you're not reading it for the articles, Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> Got a bookmark list a mile long. <laughs> <laughs> A little too much laughing, Mueller. Well, hello and welcome, everyone, to Alex and Mueller's Fundum Wingcast. My name is Warren, and my co-host Brendan is here to join me. As we take you into episode 21, Grief Stricken Catra. How's it going, Brendan? Howdy doody. <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> um, I'm pretty excited to talk about this episode. It's, um, it's got Catra in the title. I feel like the Gundam Wing gods are just listening to our requests. Each each episode, when we have this podcast and talk to each other, I feel like we have like thoughts or like wishes for future episodes. And then... It seems to be granted one after the other, so let's hope this uh yeah. this train keeps on rolling. Yeah, that's right. Um, you got to give me one sec because I actually got to retrieve some notes. Mm. Oh, you see that? That's um that was remember we uh, talked about when. Oh uh, yes, this was episode twenty one, correct? Yeah. <laughs> Which means that I have lost some some dollars and some respect because I, if you remember from last time. Uh, I put my money, my my bucks on the fact that Relina would be showing up. Okay. Long, where is she? Long overdue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But to be to be fair, um, I probably would have bet on twenty one for her showing up too, if you hadn't already yeah. taken it. Um. So, but yeah. I'll, I'll I'll take the win. My my Relina said said told me that uh, she was going to be showing up in this episode for sure because. We've been on, what, four-something episode absence at this point? Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I had also bet that in either this episode or the next one, 22, Noin would show up. So if she doesn't show up in the next episode, I'm out money on that. I, I feel like next, hopefully, is... I feel like that's, like, potential, just since his exes is all back up in the place now. Um, back right. in space, or I'm sorry, <laughs> Milliardo. Milliardo is back in space, so yeah. I feel like both of them have a good possibility of good chances of. If you were starting with some fresh bets, mm. hashtag fresh bets, placing yo bets, uh, you think that we'll see Relina annoying next episode? Yeah, if I was placing a fresh bet, I would bet that they would both appear next episode, but. Um, I'm also prepared to be disappointed. So, <laughs> <laughs> as, I, as I always am. <laughs> the recap uh, for this episode was completely narratorless. Um, it did have a, it did have like the intro and everything, but all it showed was, I think the V8 and the um, Mercurius, oh, like kind of like drop, yes. like kind of like being infiltrated right. by hero but i don't think there's like any dialogue or um definitely no narrator right. yeah it, it was yeah there was no narrator because they had um yeah, i laughed at this at them showing this, this playing the screams again while everyone like ah! 
<laughs> like reacting to the Vey to the Vey laser being blasted on the shield of Mercurius. Um, there was no narrations. <laughs> um, she, uh, yeah, you're right. I had completely forgotten that there was that little flashback. I think it was just that scene. It was like instead of even it's like chunks of the episode, it was just that ending scene where like the blue Mercur uh, Vey falls and Hero's there with his pistol, like, and then Troa points it at him and he drops it. I'm sure it was probably like cut in half just because I had to make time for all of Catra's maniacal laughter <laughs> at the end of the episode. <laughs> right. It, when they were when they were editing it in post-production, <laughs> they're like, well, we really want this laugh <laughs> uncut at full length <laughs> here. So we're going to have to chop some of the uh, recap. But uh, it's okay because we didn't get the recap, but the narrator, we get another uh, mid-episode narration. We do. It's pretty nice. We'll get that, I guess. Yeah. To kick things off, we finally find out what Catcher's been doing this whole time. Uh, just still floating through space in that uh, Alliance Leo. Yeah, Alliance Leo. And right. he gets picked up by some astro, astro suit wearing folks uh, from the local like satellite, like resource satellite. Um, and is like wakes up in like i guess a hot in the hospital uh ward or something of that satellite um i call it more of an infirmary infir i i yep no i think that's the uh the accurate uh <laughs> parlance <laughs> and i don't think parlance is the correct word excuse me <laughs> word for that but um but yeah he he um he wakes up and he's being attended by a doctor <laughs> and I'm, I was trying years old, Brennan. Yeah, I was trying to remember what character it was in a previous episode that we were kind of questioning, like the age based on the voice, just because it sounded the character sounded extremely young, like even more so for this. I, I know the show has a lot of young characters in it, but this was another case where, like, at first I thought it might just been like the line of dialogue being delivered, but then it kind of just continued throughout no, it's it continued um yeah well i mean you, you consider that to be a doctor that's graduate school medical school and residency so this woman has to be at least 15 <laughs> <laughs> though who knows because uh in space because of less less gravity you can get it done a little faster because of oh, the yeah. uh, <laughs> gravity so uh yeah maybe they have Maybe the space colonies have, um, maybe for some reason, like the composition of the artificial atmospheres have a lot of helium and everyone sounds young. <laughs> or it's like in Dragon Ball Z when Goku was going to Namek and she was just like training under some like doctor training under like, you know, 10 times uh, Earth's gravity. And oh, right, right. just really accelerated that. Uh, accelerated that course of study i guess and just was able to skip past a few of those years yeah <laughs> just reading those textbooks at 10 x 10 x gravity <laughs> exactly <laughs> there were some good voices in this episode i don't know if we've heard the um the the doctor's the good doctor's voice <laughs> who, who we later learn who she is but mm -hmm. um I don't think we've heard her voice used before in Gundam Wing, but I'm pretty sure that both there's two other voices in this episode that we have heard used in other characters before. 
although I can't remember who they played. In, you know what I mean? It, um, but you Catra's do. Father, yeah. Okay, the catcher's father is one of them. Yeah. Catcher's father and the sort of villain of the episode. Mm. Not even villain. He's just kind of like there. The one he makes Oz. some good points. <laughs> but we'll, we'll get to that. Right. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so the catcher's father and the Oz, you know, villain of the week, mm-hmm. mustached dude. I, I'm sure that both of their both of those voice actors were used previously, but I just yeah. can't remember who or when. <laughs> no, nothing to agree just this time, though. I have the uh, the word neutral zone in my notes. Um, <laughs> trying to remember why I put that down, <laughs> but I'm sure it's for a good reason. I assume that's where like <clears throat> the resource satellite is, maybe kind of in a like outside of the colonies, yeah. outside of Earth, like kind of in its own. Right. Because they they say that they're not the Alliance or Oz. Isn't that, that's well, the Doctor says that at some point. Yeah. I, maybe the, maybe the narrator <laughs> says it. Who who says it's the neutral zone, or who who says does someone? state that this might have been within um is this when the narrator kicked in i'm trying to remember um the narrator so so we get the um basically this this, the structure of the episode we get that little brief intro and then we we hang out with um we hang out with uh hero and troa and miliardo yeah pretty much the whole rest of the episode is back to catra and that's when the narrator kind of kicks in and explains I think it must just must have just been the doctor who yeah we kind of get yeah, to like so the I, less interesting part of the, the episode i would say oh, but did you have something else you want to add but just the opening thing kind of reminded me of um the opening of aliens when mm. ripley goes like in she's like in hypersleep in that escape ship from the first movie mm-hmm. and they find her uh whatever 50 years some crazy amount of time later 50 years later that kind of reminded me of this with catcher which i don't know how i mean they don't really state how long it's been but i definitely have some questions later on this episode about timeline as well but uh i think it's in the second half so we'll get to that all right but um yeah yeah, we kind of we kind of uh, jump into the i guess the first like half of the episode the first arc that uh kind of like set some set some things up for future events i think um but we kind of zoom in on uh, Nico and <clears throat> Nico and Un and uh, Troa in his nice new fascist uniform, <laughs> just looking very dapper. Yep. Um, and they have been getting uh, notification that probably the Toggies, some sort of large. Oh object is, is heading towards the bay area um i'm not exactly <laughs> sure what that means but i saw that <laughs> i had that written down i was hoping you would bring that up <laughs> towards the bay area mm-hmm. that obviously just you know no questions necessary completely self-explanatory right it's the bay area yeah obviously right Everyone knows what that is. But that's been established. Um, <laughs> the Bay Area base. <laughs> yeah, it, it, like maybe, I was thinking maybe if it's like the the moon, the the pleasure moon colony or whatever, with a, like a bay or or like a cargo bay, but that seems right. way too specific for like you'd have no idea 
in space, like this heading directly towards a cargo bay. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the Bay Area. Yeah. All right. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe, if I may, the colonies, the, the colonies themselves, these artificial moons and objects surrounding Earth now form a sort of archipelago, if I may, of <laughs> islands you may not. You may not. in space. And between such island colonies, there may be a bay area. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I have I no mean, idea. It's, it's as plausible as anything else. So, sure. Yeah. Canon. Yep. Hashtag canon. Hashtag the, canon. The, uh, do you think, well, let's just ask, do you think um, when we were 12, well, whatever, 14 years old, 15 years old, and most 15-year-olds or whatever, just seeing this for the first time, do you think we questioned it or do you think we just didn't care or like just wondered about it but was like shrugged it off like well we're not gonna get an answer anyway so okay <laughs> uh, i was pretty dumb at that age so i don't think i even knew what the bay area was <laughs> so i i know i for certain did not question that right i mean do you think just in general a lot of the sort of jargon and interesting speech uh do you think i don't know do you think as like 15 year olds or do you think you read much into it or were you just like, whatever, I didn't, I didn't come here for the dialogue. I came here for the mobile shoots fighting each other. Yeah. I don't care about this. Yeah. I think that's probably more accurate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Oh, that reminds me just quick interlude um, for all our uh, listeners from last episode. Just wanted to, uh, state that there was in fact a horse gundam <laughs> but uh, i bet you know this answer i bet you can guess the next question i'm gonna ask um even if you haven't seen it in person um what series do you think that horse gundam showed up in uh here's your multiple choice for this round of trivia episode 21 trivia time so right. which gundam series did a horse gundam which another gundam rode which series did that appear in? Was it A, the original Mobisuit Gundam? Was it B, G Gundam? Was it C, 8th MS Team? Or was it D, I'm trying to think of what else was on Cartoon Network. Um, Big O. <laughs> Don't just say Gundam Wing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Gundam Wing. Gundam Wing for, for uh, D. <laughs> how awesome would it be if that was the ultimate twist it was actually <laughs> in Gundam Wing and I just we both forgot <laughs> um, well I'm pretty sure I can eliminate 08 MS Team because that was a series that I, I thought was pretty cool at the time I haven't seen it in a long time but I enjoyed it and that was only like 7 episodes I'm pretty sure there wasn't a horse Gundam in that. Seven episodes, that's asking a lot to throw in a horse Gundam if you only have seven yeah, episodes to... Uh... Yeah, come on. <laughs> you gotta be pretty careful. Uh, I, I Now that you mentioned it, I, I'm gonna go with E Gundam. G Gundam, yeah. I could kind of forgot about that show until you now mentioned it. Like, oh yeah, I think that... I want to say that maybe you <laughs> showed up on Cartoon Network like maybe a year or two after Gundam Wing did. It was, I... And it's kind of whack, isn't it? Like a little bit... 
I never I actually watched it, but um, yeah, I think it is like kind of like I don't know if it's goofier, but yeah, there's it's like I think there's like a battle arena or a tournament or something. There's something weird going on that like, which is why I thought like, oh yeah, Horse Gundam that that seems to make sense for that series. And it, it did. <laughs> Apparently, you were right. Winner, winner, catch a rabarba winner. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Apologies. <laughs> so anyway, as we were saying, the Bay Area. Yep, the Bay we Area. Wrap, um, we wrap this episode up in the next five minutes. I think yeah. <laughs> so at this point, uh, Lady Odin and Nico are kind of going back and forth about sending out some of the new mobile suits, potentially, to intercept this, uh, <laughs> this unidentified object. And it sounds like... Cho is kind of like in the bag, I guess, for a pilot of one of them. And they're trying to figure out right. who the second pilot is. And we get some pretty right. good Nico reactions to uh, <laughs> to Troa slash Un's suggestions. We can't test them in real battle, you fool. Uh, Colonel Un, you must allow me to pilot it. What's that, Colonel? There wasn't like one single standout one, but he was basically just being like a little whiny bitch throughout that whole conversation. <laughs> let's, be, let's be honest about it, all right? Let's call it what it is. Silence now! <laughs> Not quite at that level, but uh, pretty much like, quickly put in his place. Well, obviously, there's some good continuity here that the writers are doing because I think, obviously, he, he's kind of been, he's sort of been put in his place already by Un, so... He can't just outright like shut down Troa because Troa's already like kind of the new favorite. I like that when we come in, like they then move into the hangar from their little observation deck when they've agreed that, you know, oh, Troa makes a suggestion. Hey, let's just use the Mercurius and V8. They're, um, you know, they're complete. You know, would be a good idea to use the dolls. However, <laughs> the doctors have just informed me that the Mercurius and V8 are ready. So let's use those. And how convenient. I'll talk myself and Hero into being the two pilots. And then they move into the hangar. And uh, I enjoyed the shot of uh, Dr. J clutching glasses. Are those glasses like fused to his? Are they part of him? Is he like a cyborg? I guess maybe. I mean, I feel like that's plausible, right? Like, because he, he has a claw hand, a pretty like articulate claw hand. Um, yeah. So I'm guessing whatever those glasses are, like, are, like... Quote, unquote, pretty articulate. Yeah. <laughs> by brand standards. Like, because at first I was, like, wondering, like, how are those, like, how do they stay on his face? But the more I think about it, I'm guessing it's just another, like, enhancement or, like, augmentation. Yes. So, these are absolutely... Well, what would happen if he takes his glasses off one episode? Oh... <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like the same thing as asking, like, what if you take off your kneecap? Like, this is not, not, I think my answer would be those are definitely attached, <laughs> like pretty solidly fused. And welded. It is yeah. fused into his body at this point, which made me question the. You know, I'm so glad you asked this question. Yes. Because nothing is. You know, I was like, how is he? What is he doing? Is he like adjusting? You, like, it's like, yeah, I, I don't think you're gonna those doctors. Dr. J glasses. I mean, maybe we'll, he'll surprise all of us in the next episode. Um, there'll be a scene of him like taking them off and like cleaning them with a little rag. And like while they're off, his eyes just get represented by like those two little like dots, like anime dots. So like, <laughs> and he's just like <laughs> rubbing his glasses, cleaning his glasses. 
so I, I what what's their I guess their purpose or his purpose of being there to begin with is uh, Lady Un asks about I guess the self detonation device since right. uh, Tro and Hero Hero obviously Tro picks Hero to you know be the other pilot and it sounds like they kind of have like a fail safe perhaps where Troa can detonate the uh, Mercurius from the V8 if Hero starts. Uh, <laughs> going a little uh haywire a wall a wall is not the right word um i'm sure that wouldn't happen right no no heroes uh <laughs> if anything he stays on script <laughs> yeah um i i liked the uh yeah so that's that's their kind of fail safe and they um have this interesting exchange between troa and un where they talk about the previous battle between these two pilots because mm. they've sort of <laughs> They've sort of surmised that this is Zex who they're going to intercept. They're pretty sure it's the Togis. So uh Troa mentions, oh yeah, well they, you know, they had that battle before, Hero versus Zex in Siberia. And that's when someone eh, working for Oz <laughs> had the bright idea to threaten the colonies and they that's when they had to self-detonate. And this time, it's not likely he'd let the colonies get in the way of his finishing the job. Yeah, that's kind of like what Tro is in, uh, implying that Hero's like, why Hero won't go, won't turn on them. Because, yeah, he'll, he'll be chopping at the bit to continue that fight with uh, <laughs> with Zex. I think right. uh, I think he has a quote, too, to kind of like, because Lady On's like kind of like, How could you have found out about that? He's like, it's not hard to find out since I'm a soldier for Oz says it all that explains everything right I, yeah I, I, can, <laughs> I can imagine like someone working um yeah is just like a i don't know entry-level soldier in the u.s military and they reveal that they know some <laughs> high up like nsa cia <laughs> level intelligence like how do you know that it's like well what do you expect i'm a member of the u.s army also speaking like, of like no, that that doesn't answer it actually that's highly classified <laughs> i am starting to think that everything just gets like um fast tracked in space like uh yeah. the doctor become a doctor probably very quickly um tro is an officer at this point he's not even like like you would think like he'd be enlisted right like officers right. generally have to go through officer training either from like a military academy or like officer training school or something like that but no, right. Tro is an officer in Oz already. Like after just signing some, he probably like tore off one of those like strips of paper that's like hanging up, like pasted outside of a wall that had like a phone number on it. Right. <laughs> so, oh, Oz a soldier. Yeah, I guess I'll check out the recruitment center. And now he's uh, who, who knows? They probably refer to him as like Car- Colonel uh, Tro next episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah that's such a good point um yeah as, as far as we know he was just he he used to he used to drive a laborer suit or whatever they're called mm-hmm. which hey we actually got to get a glimpse at those very briefly this episode which i noted because i was like oh that's something <laughs> anyway and then yeah he went from just driving a laborer suit to like join the military you know doing a military tryout one day and next day get your uniform on because you're now Assistant, not your assistant <laughs> to the assistant to Lady Un. Yeah, <laughs> yeah watch it. Watch out, Trey's. Trey's coming for you. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but 
so so once they finally do get sent up into space with the <clears throat> so it's like them it's like the v8 um cho is in the v8 heroes in the mercurius and they have a bunch of dolls with them as well um <laughs> like hero takes like no time at all just to, like like nonchalantly like slash a couple of the dolls like three dolls at once or something and just like blows them up Im immediately <laughs> Hey, hey, don't overdo it or I'll have to blow you up, hero. <laughs> a little scolding voice. Hey, yeah. hey, like It's like not even like like later on, like there's kinda of like the, the guys of like battle that they're blowing them up in, but like this is just like a blatant lynch is like <laughs> That first one is just like boom, those like slashes in half and then he hits another one. And the best is like after their little exchange is over where he's like don't do that like and they have and they kind of talk about like why do you think this guy zex is coming to space anyway and, and like and then right and like at the end of that scene hero just looks over and shoots one more dog <laughs> personally i have a harder time with space mines <laughs> from out of like apropos of nothing just like <laughs> so I, I imagine too during that like during this whole deal, um, mm -hmm. like Un and Nico are like watching, like from like a like someone been lodged in the type like command center or something, just watching this right. whole thing go down. Can you imagine like Nico's reaction to that? <laughs> this is exactly what I'd expect from a Gundam pilot. He's testing the capabilities of the Macarius Colonel. <laughs> and then he turns around to see that Un has gone back to like pacifist Un. And she's like, I, to be honest, I just don't care. <laughs> um, oh, he goes, he goes on a little explanation of why he's not very worried about mobile dolls in general. Yeah, which is kind of funny. Like, I feel it's like, it seems like, I don't know if it's a direct dig at like Duo and Wu Fei and Catra, I guess. Maybe not, right. maybe not Catra. Uh, but definitely Duo. Yeah, do, yeah, where it's like that the basic capabilities are the same as the manned models. They're identical, right down to their mobility and reaction times. The rest depends on how well a human pilot can fight them. So it seems kind of like a yeah, it's like no big deal. Like I don't know, <laughs> like they're just, they're just programmed like mobile suits or anything special. <laughs> as you just as you just like smash cut like the uh, um, his, his quote saying about like yeah they're no big deal as long as the human is capable they're easy to fight with like. <laughs> Your uh, duo going. No! <laughs> <laughs> such a such, so mean to to poor duo. I had also uh also this clip for your for your amusement. Oh, Brendan. What could he be in outer space for? <laughs> I have that written down too. <laughs> Backing up. Do you, so, do you think back uh, back to the late uh, a a non a, a somewhat serious discussion of lady un do you think she knows like she's a with being pretty like wily or savvy or machiavellian whatever character you want to call her um do you think she just knows the whole time that troa is a gundam pilot and she's just maybe got her own like you know double agent and she is like double agenting was it like triple agenting him like the whole time she actually has a remote detonation device on him I and it's all like a ruse like she knows what's going on yeah i don't actually know what happens in the series but yeah i i could absolutely see that 
I could see her like playing Troa or yeah, just kind of like using his piloting skills and everything. Cause I mean, it makes sense to have, cause <laughs> after seeing the trainees, the other trainees try to take on this like space flashbangs and how what <laughs> fucking mess that was. Like it, it definitely makes sense that she want to take advantage of having a skill pilot test out these mobile suits. Can you imagine right. one of them in like the Vea and Mercurius? Like <laughs> they, I, I well, I, they like just like probably like, just like pass out immediately from like the G forces. Like it would, right? It would, it would be bad. Um. So yeah, I, I could definitely see her like e- either knowing or be like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's a Gundam pilot, but uh, um, yeah, I'm just gonna kind of take advantage of his skills as long as I can. That's that's right. a good point. In 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 her defense, um. The she he's stopped Hero from assassinating the doctors. So during this time, during these past couple episodes, uh, the doctors have basically been able to uh, complete the gun, the mobile suits that mm-hmm. Oz wanted uh, without being stopped, and they've captured Hero, and they've now captured Miliardo and the Tolgis. Yeah. So. Whatever like Troa's clever plan <laughs> by joining Oz was to accomplish, I hope it pays off, and I hope he does it eventually <laughs> or yeah. soon. Because so far, he's just done a great job for Oz. <laughs> yeah. It's like so when so Troa when uh, when are you? You are still planning to like, you know? Okay, now that I've helped them with like a bunch of really big successes <laughs> to help Oz in a huge way, now I'm gonna show my true colors and do what like what's his eventual plan here yeah we'll have to interrogate later on in the series if uh if tro's actions in these past few episodes like actually (laughs) made any sort of difference or like mattered like or would have would it have been better if hero blew up both the v8 and the mercurius and and killed all the doctors (laughs) yeah instructors slash scientists whatever they they go by different titles they sometimes. do i wonder if they all have their own title that's also what i'm kind of curious about but we shall find out zex finally they finally meet up with zex they set some dolls after him um <laughs> and then proceed to have a pretty sweet space battle uh yeah and they hero and troa pretty much blow up all the dolls in the middle of the fight as well um mm-hmm. so kind of a little bit of a you know light espionage i guess on their side um and i this made me think i have uh this made me think that is this the first time that we've seen more than one non-standard mobile suit like fight i feel like it's always been like one-on-one or it's been like two gundams against like you know oz leos or whatever i don't think we've actually seen because this is a pretty cool like three-way like at one point, then Mercurius put the shield like in front of the V8, and there's yeah, it's kind of fun. It's like an Avengers movie or whatever when they have like the the different team right. ups and. No, I I don't think we have seen anything more than just a one on one when it comes to like hero <laughs> hero characters fighting each other. Um, I thought it was pretty cool how the Mercurius can like not only use its little shield things for itself, but also move them around. Yeah, yeah, and um had like a little uh machine gun also had like a stubby little sword like a little yellow right. yellow sword so uh yeah they kind of they spar around with zex for a bit but he pretty quickly it's like Throws all right enough of this 
I'm surrendering. And and of course, um, I think he had some comment about um, <clears throat> in classic Moyardo fashion. I haven't got time to be playing games with you. Just go ahead and haul me in. As he was right. obviously like on the back ropes entire the entire fight. Yeah, right. So another another unfinished battle, and we get um, that. So so the important thing to take away, mm-hmm. parting information from this scene, Brandon, is that even in space, you can hear the sound of a gun being <laughs> raised and pointed. <laughs> <laughs> to continue our topic from last episode. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely a lot of settling for that gun. <laughs> this is when the narrator comes back, though. Uh, yes. Like, right back from break. Um, and kind of just gives a... Th- this kind of took me by surprise, because I completely forgot about it. But um, <clears throat> kind of gave a little background on... Uh, most of the people in space were technicians and laborers. Um, and the, the winner family, uh, Catcher's family, kind of... Um, ended up emigrating to the colonies to kind of like fight uh, fight for the rights of the residents. Um, and <clears throat> he's obviously a pacifist. Um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously. obviously. Uh, but we find out that he's kind of, his family's kind of been in control of a lot of these resource satellites and have been kind of working on the colonists' uh, behalf to, I guess, make sure that they get their fair share of resources and autonomy, I guess. I'm not. Yeah. So I guess that's, so my takeaway from the narration and from other bits of dialogue in the episode where that the winter family has been around for a while, like several generations and like Catra's father, who I don't think they name is, they don't give his first name is like the current head of the family. And I think, they own several or operate several natural resource satellites, which looks like a clump of rock with like a little bit of like settlement on it, I guess, <laughs> for materials, possibly Gundanium. And Ooh, could be. They, uh, they control the, these satellites. And I think he's also sort of the kind of leader of that one particular colony. And that's what that's what's been for peace with the former alliance before Oz kind of came into before Oz took center stage. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> he had been trying to negotiate peace with the alliance. My my first thought too was, do you think this is why Katra and Troa became such good friends? Because Troa looks exactly like Katra's dad. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to get too into it, but yes, I think absolutely. There's, uh, Catra may have some father issues working through, and have some Troa issues that kind of compound into that that haircut. And now that, with considering what happens to Troa's or Catra's father at the end of this episode, that could be even more problematic. He's got a fun. He's got he's got Troa's hair, and he's got a pretty fun outfit he's, as well. He does, yeah. It's kind of like a, um, I guess this is kind of like what like. I'm trying to remember actually. Does it match what like the? It doesn't match what the Magwanot core wears, doesn't it? I think it kind of. I think it's. 
I think kind of does. It's sort of okay. got that vibe. It's got the vest. It's like, got like the red vest that I think we see some of them, if not all of them, wearing. Right. And it has like the le- the not leggings, but like stockings, sort of those socks, those high legging kind of socks. You know what I mean? With the old fashioned shoe. Okay. Yeah. He has like a sash, like a sash belt. Like yeah. Yeah. Sash. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking and speaking of the Magwanox, yeah, he's he's he looks like a pretty cool dude, and he is pretty much un, completely uncompromising under um, on his stance about like total pacifism. Which brings up a question: You mentioned the Magwanox core, so how does that tie in? <laughs> because the Magwanox are a band of warriors for lack of a better word who use mobile suits clearly in numerous conflicts they've been seen throughout the series so far but they're supposed to be sort of like Catra's personal bodyguards or seems like yeah private army what what, how would you how would you describe them who they are yeah almost private army i feel like that's like the that's right seems pretty accurate from what we know or what we can remember um yeah, I don't know because Catra like left. They're like, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just say like him and his like family split like when he went off to get his Gundam on. Um, so yeah, I don't know if like they had family ties. Because when he meets Troa in that one episode, which I assumes his house slash like castle palace, like. It's pretty right. fancy when they're like playing violin and uh recorder or whatever yeah. or flute i forget what it is um so i don't yeah i don't know if like because it says that they say that his dad left earth to kind of deal with the colonies and kind of help help out um the whole resource satellite deal so maybe mm-hmm. maybe they work maybe they were like the families like they're pacifists but they still need it's like the vatican city's army or something yeah, i don't right. know yeah right yeah, I'm. I'm pretty sure the those Vatican City guards would still do what you got to do if push came to if push came to shoot, so to speak. <laughs> but then again, we did. We were treated to one scene like ten episodes back where they were having they the, the Magwana Corps was sort of cutting loose a little bit in that town, having a little party. Oh yes, that. yeah. I mean, just because they're aligned with this pacifist family doesn't mean they share the same ideals. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't mean they uh, are against a little drinking and whoring from time to time <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know shades is all about that shades is all about that after you've been straight up you know murdering people <laughs> killing killing people in the name of your pacifist family that you protect <laughs> you know, get yourself some liquor and women <laughs> have a good time <laughs> and this is where I, when I mentioned at the beginning of the episode I had some questions about the timeline because Catra's completely oblivious. That's his sister. Right. He's like, you're my sister. Why did you tell me? Like, how, what, how, how long has he been gone? It doesn't seem like it's that long. It's not like he was like, it doesn't sound like he was like taken as a child. It sounds like he had, he made like a conscious decision to leave. Right. He's only like, what, 15 at this point. So two years maybe ago. That's what I'm thinking. Like this whole Gundam thing has only been in the past two years yeah. tops maybe that like, instructor h quote unquote how did he up. forget the face of his sister <laughs> right well then, but his his sister said something like and i heard that my sisters were stationed at different resource satellites 
like almost implying like you know your father put like a different sibling on each of the <laughs> many satellites yeah. that he owns. But I thought that happened after Catcher left. Uh, it's yeah, it's it, it, there, there is. Do you remember this too? There's, there's something about other siblings existing. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember what happens with that, but there's definitely. I thought like after I heard that, I was like, ooh, there's like almost like a Luke and Leia moment. Possibly, I felt there's some like tension at the beginning, the very like, very right. first scene. It's like, hmm, it seems to be a little bit of attraction or something between the two of them, maybe. But right. I guess luckily. For she everybody. does. Uh, she after this is after she reveals that. Uh, oh, just like the uh, hug, <laughs> big like huggy, like I missed you. You're so like you're so kind. You're such a nice guy. Um, can we and uh, yes. And speaking of that, there was a point where Catra says a kind of a. It's it's right before he gets that big old drapey hug that uh, <laughs> he says. I wasn't fighting, so my deeds would be recognized by the people. One day they'll come to see the truth. I truly believe that's going to happen. Again. Yeah. <laughs> kind of contradictory. Am yeah. I the only one here? <laughs> I wasn't preparing this meal for people to eat. I was hoping that someday they would eat it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I guess the, the only charitable reading I can do is maybe he wasn't fighting to like force his ideals on the people but hopefully one day they'll come around to it but yeah also easily could have been written to have him actually say that or something similar yeah or that he's not fighting for personal recognition but just Mm. fighting for what's right yeah yeah, that that, was just another another fun example (laughs) google kind of gundam wing speak (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) so during the conversation between iraya iraya and uh mr winner we also find out that instructor h was catcher's i guess main dude um who we all obviously remember was mustache man from the (laughs) five. i mean i don't know how you'd forget that now you forget that it was failed magician doctor the mustache obviously uh yeah and who also just i guess was seeking refuge and yeah Mr. Winner let him hang out there and build betrayed his trust, I guess. <laughs> right. Stabbed him in the it's back. Like, yeah, it's like not only did I build a massive weapon. <laughs> Mass- massive death your, machine. Massive death machine in your pacifist colony, but I also trained your very young son to go fight. <laughs> and I sent him to Earth in a state in disguised as a shooting star. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I guess Catcher was just like drawn by those like sleight of hand uh, tricks and like pulling, you know, colony coins out of Catcher's ears like all the time. Right. How could you resist? So at this point, let's have another little bit of fun here, Brendan. And uh, we we were talking about doing this before, uh, but and I think our own we may sort of remember who some of the doctors' pilots were. Mm-hmm. But uh, we know that Dr. J is Hero's doc. Mm-hmm. And we now know that Dr. H, Instructor H, excuse me, is Catra's. Mm-hmm. So that leaves G, S, and O for Troa, O, and Wufei. Okay. Do you remember? Would you, would you care to play a round of your own Noah doctor and, <laughs> and just make your best guess? Which will which will reveal at a later date when those doctors are indeed revealed. 
I seem to remember, and I don't know if it was revealed yet, but I think Dr. G, the mushroom head, long nose guy, I'm fairly certain he's Duo's doctor, professor, instructor. Could be, could be, Brennan. Uh, care to uh, care to match a pilot for uh, S and O? Um, so S is nose mask pirate guy. I feel like he speaks to me as a Wufei and Dr. O bald guy. I feel like Troa makes sense for him. I obviously have all these memorized, but I'm not going to reveal at this time <laughs> how you did. But uh, you can uh, put it in the bank, everyone, that uh, Brendan is officially guessing Duo for Dr. G, Ufe for Dr. S, and Troa for Dr. O. Are those your final? Final answer. All right. We will, we will we will remember this and come back to it. I guarantee it. <laughs> Not really all that happy reunion, family re- winter family reunion, because uh, although Urea, Urea and Katra pretty quickly become besties mm-hmm. <laughs> as brother and sister. <laughs> reunited uh, siblings. As reunited siblings often do. Um, uh, uh, Katra's father is just not not happy. <laughs> <laughs> that he left to go pilot a Gundam. He's like, so how did that work out for you? Did you did you bring about peace? Yeah, didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's pretty sarcastic. It was, it was kind of amazing. Um, and at first, he sounded like he was like ready to like spank Catra, and then yeah, he just like hits him with all his like passive aggressive uh, sarcastic remarks, which were pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, I love that one. It's like, well, has it ended? Did your battle end the war? All is. Uh, not well for the Winter family, both internally and externally, because we yeah. find that uh, shit is hitting the fan. I don't know. There's like more more processors, even like first they're processing duo, and then I guess they kind of transition to the satellite, I guess, or something. And now they're now there's protesters uh, protesting the Winter, um, the Winter family control over all the right. kind of like colony resource satellites, um, right. Yeah. We did, we had a nice uh, we get a nice kind of overhead sh- shot of the crowd outside the colony capitol building. Mm-hmm. And uh, would it, would you care to make an estimate on that crowd count, uh, Brendan? <laughs> largest, I would say largest ever <laughs> in inauguration history. But that's just that's just me. It seemed like a, a good a good strong couple of dozen at least. <laughs> um, side note: I was hoping there'd be some like fun signs, but. They were kind of just like winners go home, or like I forget what they were, but there was nothing too notable. Speaking of pausing it and uh, and good <laughs> interesting writing, did you see the um, what was written when uh, Katra looks at the computer screen with Urea? And oh, okay, he was like, yeah. This is where instructor H trained me in the Gundam, I gotta build a new one. And he boots up this computer screen, and <clears throat> I believe it says. You are in electorical world just now. You must realize that you link all over the space. <laughs> That's funny because I didn't I didn't see was that at the very top of the screen after you logged in? Yes. I, I, it's funny because I, I I I saw the head text there, but I didn't take the time to read that. I read a lot of the other text, which I, I actually noted that was that that other text seemed pretty good. 
I thought in yes. terms of how it was written, but I did not read that. I didn't spend the time to read that top one. So thank you for <laughs> bringing that to my attention. The top amazing. one was was amazing. You know, I guess um, I that would be the kind of warning I would want to get if uh, whenever I go online, just to let me know, like, hey, you're on you're online now. You must realize that you link all over the space. <laughs> I mean, that, that <laughs> is like, that is. <laughs> yeah, there's there's are good rules to uh to live by when living this digital age. We we get another like scene kind of similar to some of the previous episodes, right? Where um <clears throat> uh there's like a meeting between Oz and I guess the colonial ambassadors or whatnot, um kind of like all like yelling at <laughs> at Mr. Winner. Um, which, yeah, I think to your point, we never find out an actual first name. He's just Mr. Winner. Um, and kind of trying to like overthrow his control of all the satellites and everything. Um, which I, it seems pretty blatantly they're going to turn them into like factories, like mobile suit factories. But, um, Oz seems to really have turned the colonies against really anything related to the gun. This is even related to the gun pilots. So I'm not exactly sure what the big turning point was here. Um, is, but is this, is this, this debate is very, very similar to the one that was had like two episodes yeah. or one episode ago where uh, Un, and I guess, you know, the poor like winter colony, like couldn't even, they couldn't even get, uh, they weren't even like, big enough to get a un appearance cameo <laughs> yeah. some over. generic uh, some other generic angry uh another angry generic soldier dude right um they definitely could have used i mean i guess they didn't need it because they went along with the angry dude uh but yeah basically the same thing like oh we you know well hey oz is going to be your new best friend just as long as you produce a bunch of mobile suits for us and weapons yeah, and they're pretty quickly to be like, I don't know how long Catra's dad has been in power for, or what his popularity has been for the past however many years he's been around. But whatever it was, yeah, it's gets, not great now. He gets that boot <laughs> from that uh that unanimous uh red light vote, and I guess he decides to just like hijack one the, the satellite, <laughs> which. From some of the comments, not even from like the like asshole Oz guy or whatever, but like from some of like the subordinate soldiers, are like, well, if he like disconnects like this like resource satellite, it's gonna like impact like the colony. <laughs> like, it seems like it's like not like a very positive effect <laughs> either. Like I don't know if it's gonna like fuck up like life support or what, but like <laughs> he's just like I'm just I'm taking my I'm taking my satellite and going home. Screw you guys. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely uh, might be a little motivated. And that was seeing all those uh, people voting no. Those 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 harsh red lights right in his face. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he didn't he didn't take it too well because he was like not kind of talk. He was like kind of talking to himself slash mm. the air when he was just angrily like walking down that corridor. He's just it, like fine then. I'll just do what I'm gonna do. So after after I guess uh, Mr. Winter like hijacks the satellite and it is like his plans are pretty obvious i, I got a kick out of this too um oz guys like gentlemen should we allow this to happen and there's just like silence you just tell them red lights turn on <laughs> i don't know if that's well, intentionally I, I, funny but I, I found it pretty humorous i thought there was kind of a cool parallel between 
um, whether it was intentional or not, of uh, all of the red lights of the uh, whatever council voting against Mr. Winner. And then the next scene is Mr. Winner, like turning that switch and activating all the red lights mm. of like that satellite blasting off. It's like, yeah. oh, so you're going to vote against me? I'm, I'm going to vote against you. <laughs> and he like throws the switch and is like, I'm trying to peace out this entire satellite. <laughs> we, you know, as we get to the end, we can understand why Castro might be upset because um, he basically is things are not really well resolved between him and his father. They're mm-hmm. completely, they have completely different arguments and they don't really come to any sort of understanding of each other. They're both pretty much stuck. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's judging like by no his closure. actions, <clears throat> no closure. Catra's father is pretty unyielding in his vision of how things should be like complete and total pacifism, no weapons or fighting whatsoever as he flies off in his satellite and which i assume has I, like crops and like resources that were supposed yeah. to help sustain the colonies for like x number of uh like months right. or something but and uh so so no closure so things are not good with him and his dad and Araya fills us in that the winter family has in fact always been pretty nice to all the colonies but now the colonies are like ah eh, fuck you guys we're going with us yeah <clears throat> uh, it's not that's not a great day for it's not a great day for the winners. It definitely, yeah, no, it definitely is not. Um, you might say that on this day the winners were real losers. I don't know how to move on from that, but I'm gonna try. Well, uh, you can just tell tell us about yeah. that. Tell us about that speech, Brennan. Father, please escape. <laughs> I don't have very many notes on this. I didn't even laugh that hard at the time. <laughs> Father, please. Escape. <laughs> I, I think I think his dad responds something about like um I am this is me escaping. Like if they're gonna use a satellite to create mobile mobile suits, then fuck y'all. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm taking, I'm taking my like that's a me. pretty it's pretty accurate paraphrasing. Let's let's see how you did it, Katja, what I'm doing is escaping. I am not going to put up a fight. There is no end to this fight. So I've opted to run away. If I end up dying, then so be it. I'm not so attached to space that I'm prepared to compromise myself. Yes, yeah, so, so he had he had me until the very end. <laughs> so is he kind of is he is he admitting to so when he says I'm running away, is he admitting to kind of taking a cowardly way out? Like, oh, they'll probably they'll probably kill me or I'll just leave. And either way, I'll just I'm just like leaving you know running away from the situation or is he saying like running away isn't a positive thing like this is the best i can do is just yeah i don't know all his his whole speech like aside i guess i took his actions more like as like he's so pacifistic pacifist (laughs) 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 he's so pacifistic that he wouldn't the satellite i guess he slash his family was controlling he didn't want to be turned into like an armament like you know military mobile suit construction site so at that point he was just gonna like take it and he probably knew he was gonna get killed but better that than it becoming a tool like a cog in the 
Another complex. brick in the wall. <laughs> yeah, another brick in the wall, exactly. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. I guess I don't know what the opposite of him running away would have. I don't know. I feel like there's other options available to him, potentially. Right, like, but wouldn't a, yeah, I mean, arguably wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know if uh, Gandhi would have like <laughs> flown off in the satellite <laughs> so much as he would have just been like passive, like nonviolent resistance, like maybe just not done anything, like just go home or just have a quiet protest outside the outside the government office the next day, and I want to see some... maybe maybe do a hunger strike or something, but not just be like I'm hijacking a satellite. <laughs> see y'all. I don't know if you have anything else to add before we get to the end. Uh, yeah, that he gets. I'm just. I'm watching the clip right now. He gets blasted by a ton of lasers. I have a thousand time. beams. <laughs> but, <laughs> right, which makes sense. It would have to be a lot because it's a fucking satellite. You would think. Rhea does sort of have an alternate opinion of his their father. Catra, father fought very hard. He wasn't running away at all. He put up a brave fight. Don't you think so? But I think we've come to that moment. I think we've come to the uh, after Rhea kind of just like what uh, like passes out. I guess passes we're saying. Out. Um, yeah. You people are satisfied with that? I will never forget this day. You people. I'll make sure that you don't either. You won't forget this day. <laughs> a great transition after <laughs> hearing crazed maniacal laughter it's that calm like drolling zex voice like outer space it's so quiet and then that moment uh catcher's feed cuts into uh zex's uh space is so quiet let me just see what's on tv anyway <laughs> <laughs> that like horrible laugh just comes in to his speakers that full volume it's like oh all right. Um, My question, just just to kick this kick this off, Brendan. Wait, by kick uh, this off, do you mean kick this on kick, or in or out? Kick this, in, kick this out. Um, I, I this episode, I I know I watched, I saw well at least during our re, our current rewatching, I saw before you, and uh, certainly neither of us remembered this particular mm. scene, <laughs> this this specific scene, um, and so. Uh, can you tell me like what was your what was your genuine reaction like actual reaction when you when you saw this you're sitting sitting on your couch watching this episode and this came on um it was definitely <laughs> laughter <laughs> which is definitely not the intended uh reaction i would guess just given the gravity of everything that just right. happened a few seconds before uh but it just goes on for so long <laughs> Right. It just starts out kind of a little more subdued and then just like all out, like just like maniacal laughter. I can't really say I was even that touched one way or another by it, just given obviously like Catcher's dad was just introduced in this episode. So it didn't really have right. too much like connection with him. Um, but it does, it does make me interested in, I, I remember some of the aftermath, I think of this, um, at least in terms of like catcher's story arc, but um, I'm definitely interested to see, to see and remember 
kind of how his transformation kind of how how, how this kind of transforms him over the next uh like i don't know like five episodes or whatnot this reminds me sort of uh did you ever um read the uh, uh the kill batman the killing joke oh was, yeah that was the one the back the backstory of the joker mm-hmm. and how like what that's supposed to be sort of what just pushed him over the edge and made him yeah and so this is sort of uh it's kind of uh Catra's joker moment where like you take a nice little calm pacifistic um Magunak loving gundam pilot and just push him right over the edge and into like full sociopath <laughs> yeah my prediction which isn't much of a prediction really but like, you know, he's definitely going to turn back into a regular Gundam pilot just because this isn't this is the kind of win. show that's going to have any kind of like crazy story arc that's going to happen with one of those games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I am genuinely interested to see how that transpires because I don't remember. I, I remember yeah. certain aspects of it, but um, yeah. Yeah, it's sort of exciting. Like, you're hoping to see them run with this idea and see the new crazy scary Catra yeah going about business in the next couple episodes so i guess now just for, for, as we wrap this up um i guess at the moment we have hero and choa together kind of uh, test pilots for the oz bay and mercurius Catra is yeah. with his sister in a space shuttle who knows what's going to happen with him wu fei's i guess still projectiling his way through the space <laughs> yeah through space at this point and um duo is hang in there death scythe old buddy it's gonna be all right that's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good oh just also kind of on the gundam counter so duos has been just flat out destroyed oh yeah mark yep. Sandrock was self-detonated on Earth, but has been was being rebuilt by Oz, and now the Magwanox have it. Yep. And Wu Fei came into space with his, mm-hmm. but it got kind of effed up by that beam blast and went flying off. And so Troa and Hero didn't Hero say he left his on Earth? He did. Yeah. So did Troa bring his? And it's just like in storage in space somewhere. Maybe we're almost to the halfway point of the series, so I maybe uh, right. I guess it's time for a maybe time for a facelift with uh some of these, some some of these Gundams. Even though I guess some of them. When did the Wing Gundam self detonate? Like episode five? <laughs> like it hasn't been around that long, but uh, right. yeah, it's uh, it's it's a new. I think we said this last episode. It's uh, it's definitely a new um new era in in the gundam wing universe um lots, lots of <laughs> happenings lots of things getting shaken up um so yeah it's, it's definitely an exciting time to be a gundam wing fan in 2020 absolutely and uh i'm just gonna i'm just gonna I, I... <laughs> and just because we could always hear it again <laughs> I, 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 it was even worse I, the second time. <laughs> I was uh, 
we should we should note that there's some pretty good catcher eyes. We do love us some catcher mm-hmm. eyes and pretty good eyes when they he are. starts laughing. It's like <laughs> kind of looking up at the camera. <laughs> oh man. Outro is all you. Alright. So <laughs> thanks everyone for joining us for yet another episode of the Alex Mueller's Fun and Wincast. Uh, it's definitely been, been a pleasure. Um, you can always email us at fundandwincast at gmail.com. Tweet us at fundandwincast or follow us on Instagram at fundandwincast. Um, always happy to see them likes and get them emails. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, definitely drop us a line. And uh, as always, hope, hope everyone's doing well, staying safe, being healthy. And join us for next episode when we get to episode 22, The Fight for Independence. Thanks for spending some of your time with Warren and myself because it's definitely enjoyable to record and hopefully just as enjoyable to listen to. See you next time. That's enough, Mueller. 